Welcome back to another episode of Northeastern Next. On today's episode, we have Ryan Finnegan of Poughkeepsie, New York, a 2011 graduate of the College of Arts, Media, and Design. We'll discuss what it's like working in the tech industry right now, owning a small business, and creating a space for the local community. Let's get into it. Hello, Ryan. Thank you for taking time out of your day to come talk to me today. How are you doing today? I'm good. I'm good. I'm excited to to be here and, and to be back on the podcast. Yeah. Welcome back. We're very, very excited to have you back. You know, you're an alum that we are very proud to call a Husky. So thank you so much. Oh, yeah. My pleasure. Let's jump right into it. Uh, so for those who didn't listen to the last podcast, what exactly did you study at Northeastern? So at Northeastern, I transferred in as a music business major. I don't think it was called, I, I don't remember what the college was called at the time, but it was a different name than there is now. College of Arts and Sciences, I think it was mm-hmm. um, in 2008. And so I studied music business with a minor in business administration. Oh, very cool. That's a very, very niche major. What did you want to do with that? Um, initially, I wanted to open, Yeah, it's funny, and, and we can talk a little bit about this more later, but since I was young, I always wanted to open either a cafe or a live music venue. And so I love music. I love playing music. I love going to see music. And yeah, I just wanted to be involved with the music industry. And the first part of my career was spent producing uh, larger scale events for Pandora. Oh, wow. That's really cool. Pandora. I remember Pandora being kind of my go-to when it came to just finding music. I think that kind of like shaped my music taste, honestly. So just what kind of music are you into? Just out of curiosity. That's more for me than for the podcast, but just wondering. Oh man, it runs the gamut. Let's see. What am I listening to a lot of lately? Wow. I will go from like Patsy Klein one morning to like listening to Slothrust, which is a band I'm obsessed with right now, which is kind of like metal rock music. And then I'll, or I'll go like listen to Tool. Yeah. So I, I listen. It kind of runs the gamut. I like mm. I like pretty much all types of music. That's awesome. Yeah, that's kind of not to make it about me, but that's kind of how I feel, too. I'm also I consider myself a big music head as well. So it's really cool, like meeting somebody who followed their dreams to try and at least open a venue. That's so cool, because I think that's something that we need more of. Honestly, there's so many bands out there now that deserve the exposure and giving them a place to play. Boston is a great, a great town for that, too. There's like a a great city for that. There's a lot of great music venues in Boston. I worked at the Middle East nightclub for a long time when I was there. Mm -hmm. Just a great, great local music scene. And, you know, I hope that's something that continues to be the case in Boston, too. Absolutely. Over by Fenway, we just opened up MGM Music Hall. Northeastern actually had their convocation there last night. And like, what a spectacle that was. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it's really, really cool. If you get a chance to go see a show there, I highly recommend it. Uh, I'd love to. So what are you doing now? Since you've last been on the podcast, it sounds like a lot has happened. So what have you been up to? Oh, man. Uh, I can't remember where I was. I think I, I had probably moved back to the East Coast when I was on the podcast last, but I... And then an interesting place in my career right now, I'm working for Snapchat, which is a large social media or visual communication company. I, I I wouldn't call it social media. It's more messaging. And so that's, you know, I do employer brand for Snapchat. I've worked an employer brand for a number of different companies right now. And so essentially I do the marketing to attract great talent that will thrive at Snapchat to Snapchat. And so things like mm-hmm. our career site, 
LinkedIn, videos about team members, having speakers show up at conferences that we're sponsoring, and just making sure people know, you know, the great kinds of people that work here and the work that we're up to. So that's that's sort of like my, I call it my day job. My other job is I own a bakery with my partner in Poughkeepsie, which is an all-vegan bakery. And we started that about a year and a half ago. And it's just taken off in a way we weren't expecting um, this quickly, awesome. which has been really exciting. And that, you know, kind of goes back to my focus on creating a venue, a coffee shop, a space. It was something that was really impactful for me when I was growing up in Virginia to have a coffee shop to go to, to meet other, like I had never met at the time I identified as a lesbian. I'm, I'm transgender, but at the time I'd like never met another queer woman, um, a queer person. Uh, I'd only seen like Rosie O'Donnell and Ellen DeGeneres on TV, but I got to meet other artists and people who were different and who looked at the world differently than, you know, my high school. And that was so impactful for me when I was young. And we we just want to do the same thing up in Poughkeepsie where we live in Dutchess County, which is a little bit more of a purple county, I'd say. And so there's not, you know, that it's a smaller, at least visible presence of LGBTQ spaces. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's important for us to to have that and yeah, to have, you know, this beautiful thing that I get to build with my partner. So that's amazing. Congratulations on the bakery taking off, especially like a year and a half, you said. So that's pretty great time for it to take off. That's a great little amount of time. So you're doing something right. I mean, an all vegan bakery. I lived in Burlington, Vermont for like five years and I hadn't even heard of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all vegan, which it's interesting. Like vegan food has come such a long way than it has last 10, 15, you know, 10, 15 years ago. There just weren't options. And now there's so many different options for different types of butters, butter substitutes, egg replacers, egg substitutes, milk substitutes that it's you can have a lot of fun baking so my partner has been a baker for about 13 years now and you know i've just always been involved with coffee and venues and things Mm -hmm. like that and so our our powers combined make a really nice combination so just out of curiosity for anybody in greater new york what's the name of the bakery if they want to make their way up to poughkeepsie and check it out yeah yeah we're called little loaf bake shop we're also at which we're little loaf bake shop on instagram um, and we're also at the Beacon Farmers Market, which is a really nice place to come to um, from the city on the weekends. There's great art museums and things like that there. Poughkeepsie, it's, you know, an up and coming city. It's got a lot of potential and a walkway over the Hudson's right there, which is really pretty. So it's a, it makes for a nice weekend trip. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, if you're listening and you find yourself looking for something to do on a weekend outside of New York City, Poughkeepsie is an up and coming little city. I grew up relatively close to it. So I knew a lot of kids who went to Maris and all of them have had nothing but great things to say about it. Yeah, Maris is there, Vassar. It's right up the Hudson. It's the last stop on the Hudson line on Metro North. So not too hard to get to. That's awesome. Do you have a favorite treat from the bakery or at least one that you're hoping everybody would try? Oh, man. We do something called a pretzel croissant, which is a croissant that is slightly pretzelized before we bake it. And so it's a mixture of sweet and savory and salty. So it has like the inside softness and like layers and sweetness of a croissant, but the outside, it's still soft, but it's just got almost like a more buttery flavor with it being slightly pretzelized first. That sounds incredible. I've never heard of that. Like it's really good. Yeah. I know it's only like 10 in the morning right now, but like, I really, (laughs) I ain't eat breakfast today. So maybe that's where my head's at, but (laughs) that sounds amazing. A pretzelized croissant. That's yeah. awesome. All right. Yeah, highly nice. recommend. Well, next time I'm home, maybe I'm going to have to come up and check it out because that <laughs> sounds unbelievable. Where um, are you from? Are you said you're from the New York area? Yeah, I'm from Fairfield County. So okay. I know it's technically Connecticut, but it is not far. 
not far, still part of greater New York. I can still take a train into Grand Central from my town, everything nice. like that. Now, are you, have you been able to use the space as like a music venue yet? I know that like coffee shops are big for like indie artists, especially like up and coming ones. Have you been able to utilize it for that yet? So we have a really interesting space there. We are part of the Open Kitchen Project at the Poughkeepsie Underwear Factory, which is an incubator kitchen space in Poughkeepsie. It's an old underwear factory. <laughs> if I, I, you like go up there and then there's like the silk factory, the hat factory, the underwear factory, the sock factory. And that's like, they keep all the names, which I think is really cool. The, that part of New York was huge for manufacturing, um, especially in the 1800s. I'm just given where it is on the mm-hmm. river and stuff too. But yeah, so we're in this space and it's, there's maybe like 20 other vendors there, 20 other businesses there that operate out of that space. We rent by the hour and we have access to essentially all the coffee equipment that that we need and it's our exclusive use of that coffee equipment so it's it's like training wheels for our own cafe and then we're baking there Wednesday through Sunday usually midnight until about eight in the morning or so and then we have the cafe open Thursday Friday Saturday that all said we've been able to really use the space and offer it to our community in partnership with the underwear factory which is also part of a broader nonprofit called Hudson River housing and Hudson River Housing focuses on giving pathways and um, helping folks who have experienced homelessness the resources they need to get back on their feet, including a lot of the programs at the Underwear Factory. So there's affordable housing in the Underwear Factory too. It's just a really great alignment for us in terms of what we want to build our brand into being. Um, And then, yeah, we get to use this space with community members and offer it to folks while our cafe is open. So we've had a couple drag nights there, which have been really fun. Drag Me to the Movies, they're called. And so it's like a movie and drag night. That sounds so fun. We've done events with um, Queer Soup Night, which is an organization that started, a loose organization that started in Brooklyn a couple of years ago. And queer chefs come together to make food for the queer community and all the profits, uh, proceeds from the donations go to usually Dutchess County Pride or Trans Closet or some other local queer partner up in the area. So yeah, we're doing more and more of that. And it just feels really good to be able to offer the space. And when we have our own space, it's something we want to continue to do as well. We are working on opening our own space. It's going to be about two and a half years from now. We signed an agreement for a place that's still being built, which is going to be 100% affordable housing on Main Street in Poughkeepsie with retail spaces on the bottom. And it's going to be really great for the city. And so we're excited to be a part of that. Yeah, that sounds, wow, that's absolutely incredible. I mean, good for you for doing something like that. We're going to have to, honestly, we're going to have to get you back on the podcast in two and a half years. Then. <laughs> yeah, see how it's going. <laughs> Just because I'm going to, even I'm going to want to check in on that. That sounds like that's a project that I think a lot of people dream about. And, you know, that's really amazing that you're doing it and you're really just putting boots to the ground in that way. That's so incredible. So congratulations on that. Thank you. Yeah, it's 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 interesting talking to you about this right now and just like remembering that I went to school for music business with the intention to own a venue. I literally haven't thought about that until again, just like right now. And now I'm opening my own, you know, our own cafe, our own space, our own mm-hmm. bakery, which will have a music element to it too. And so it's just interesting how life is so... I get full circle in some ways, but it's been such a zigzaggy career path, but I've always had this like North star. And I don't think I could have gotten here any other way than the path that I took and like learning the different things I learned along the way, especially around marketing and philanthropic work and just employee experience, employee engagement, all, you know, all of this stuff that I learned from corporate America, I then get to bring into 
this space that we're building too. And yeah, it's just, uh, I don't know, maybe for anyone who's like not on the path that they really want to be on or not working in the career that they really want to be working in, there's always a way back. And you might just be taking a little sidestep to learn something that will help you even more. Yeah, no, I think that's a really great piece of advice because I think a lot of people, especially, you know, in their early to mid twenties can feel that type of way. And I think it's really encouraging for someone as successful as yourself to be able to say like, hey, maybe it wasn't directly A to B. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. Not. And cool. I think like there's something you can learn something from every job that you have. And I've really loved my time in tech and, you know, I continue to, to this day and there's so much that I'm learning now that I get to apply and, and, and vice versa. But I think, yeah, it's easy to get down. Sometimes you're just like, what am I doing? What am I doing with my life? And then you just remember that if you think back two years ago, how much can change in the course of two years? And then imagine two years from now, you can't even imagine what life is going to be like. It's yeah, it really is. Two years on paper doesn't sound like a lot of time, but if you really break it down, a lot has happened in two years. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, just out of curiosity, how has Northeastern been able to help you, you know, on this, as you said, sort of a zigzaggy journey? Has there anything from your Northeastern experience, you know, you've been able to take and apply it to that? Oh, definitely. Um, Well, the business, the music business degree definitely helped with a lot of the business planning elements. And I... I can't remember the name of the professor I took it from. Was it Strasser? I took actually like a venue management course from during the time. And so much of that comes into play right now. Like we had to build a business plan for our cafe and for the first little bits of loans that we had to take out from uh, like small business loans that we had to take out from a bank up here. And you have to build a business plan outlining exactly where those funds are going. You have to have projections. You have to understand like your market and your marketing mix and like, There's so much that goes into a business plan that we really went through in detail at Northeastern. And that's something that I think I still, I think I referenced the business plan that I had from Northeastern, which I had saved to my files when we were building our business plan. So definitely beneficial there. And I think something that I loved about, well, I know something I loved about Northeastern was the co-op program pushing me to get out of my comfort zone and go out into the workforce and meet people and make connections and not wait for someone to do it for me. And I think that's something that I've taken with me through my whole career is I can't wait for someone to fulfill my dreams. I have to go chase them myself. And Northeastern gave me the tools to do that, like the connection points, the check-ins, the support, especially you know when it comes to how do you structure your time? How do you structure uh, what you're learning from these co-ops? How are you bringing that back and integrating those learnings? That is something that honestly has followed me with every single job that I've had. What am I learning from this job? What am I taking from it? What do I want to get out of it? What can I offer to it and bring to it that's something different? And then how can I integrate that into how I work with every job moving forward. So I think that's it's almost like this sort of compounding layers of learning that Northeastern gave me that I then get to bring into my my work life. That's awesome. Yeah. Thank you for that. I you know that's a really inspirational answer too. And I just think the timeliness of that answer is great as well with students officially coming back to campus this week, especially all the first years, you know, like I mentioned, convocation was last night. And I think that's something that especially an 18 year old who is moving to the big city, brand new city, they're surrounded by thousands of people that they've never met before. It's totally natural to feel unsure about a lot of things in this moment. If I could give a kind of a, a strange piece of advice, I would say 
for anyone moving to a new city that is like nervous or like wanting to meet people, not sure of their place. I worked at a Starbucks my first couple of years in, at Northeastern. And then I worked at a music venue um, for the last couple of years there. But it was so helpful for me because I got to meet people from Boston. I got to meet people in the city. I got to have like a rhythm and a routine. It helped me practice talking to people. I was just so shy and I like couldn't talk to anyone. And so being on a register forced me to talk to people. And it was so nerve wracking. And it was one of the best decisions I've made in my entire life was that sort of connection in it's like an automatic automatic connection into the city that you work and so if someone can find a, a job you know even a couple hours a week you know 15 hours a week something like that at like a local coffee shop something like that it's a really great way to build community and to have that sort of structure you get that from being at school of course as well i think it helps give a different side of the city that you're in because it's moving to a big city i moved from you know suburban virginia to boston and it was like whoa and so it really helped me just acclimate to being in a new city. Yeah, that's a really good piece of advice. I mean, like, yeah, I never thought about it from that perspective, but that's exactly, you know, kind of, it, it's like diving in head first, but at the same time, not really either. There's yeah. like just enough of a wall of glass there. that And you meet to- the most unexpected and unusual connections too. You know, I'd, I'd say working in a coffee shop had definitely helps me meet interesting people and people who I'm still in touch with now that have helped me along with my career. So it was like Northeastern plus, you know, some of the folks from from my early days working in at Starbucks. That's yeah, that's great. I think that's a really great piece of advice. I'm sure that Starbucks applications are going <laughs> to double, maybe even triple. You know, I, I prefer Dunkin' Donuts coffee, but Starbucks is a, a great employer. <laughs> <laughs> You heard it here first, everybody. <laughs> so now that we're kind of reminiscing a little bit, do you have a specific favorite memory from campus? Taking recording classes with Jim Anderson was my favorite part of Northeastern. There's a lot of favorites that I have from Northeastern, but definitely taking the music recording class. He's just such an, I don't, I think he retired, but he was just such an incredible professor and understood the nuances of sound in such a way that he was able to really easily articulate as well for us to understand and then go into the studio and record our own songs and such positive reinforcement of something so vulnerable creating music and singing uh, like using your voice as an instrument like that for me is one of the most vulnerable things and making that comfortable and I still have those recordings and I have recordings of some of my cohort as well and some of my peers that I was in that class with and it was just a really special class and I I think I knew how special it was at the time. You know, sometimes when you're doing something, you're just like, wow, this is really special. And some things, it take, you know, it takes a couple of years to look back in hindsight. You're like, wow, that, that was a really like unique and once in a lifetime thing. This, I feel like I knew as it was happening, how special it was. Yeah. Um, and so that's definitely a favorite, a favorite memory from Northeastern. That That's a great memory, you know, especially just at its core, you recognize how special it was. That's very cool. You know, I'm happy that you get to cherish that. That's awesome. Yeah. Now, since this is Northeastern next, of course, I have to ask you, what is next? <laughs> oh, I don't know. Yeah, the world, the world of work is going through a really interesting trend. The world of work in tech specifically, I'll say, is going through an interesting transformation in terms of how people work, where they work. In- engagement is a really interesting challenge, I think, for a lot of companies right now. So that I'm kind of like, I work in and around those topics within tech. And so I think for me, continuing along, and and it's a really interesting area for me. And so I want to continue to grow my career 
in learning and understanding about how we work, when we work, why we work. And I feel like I will continue to be able to do that with tech, um, whether or not I continue long-term to do that full-time or do that part-time consulting, something like that yet to be seen. You know, I think for me, a dream scenario would be working for the bakery pretty much full-time and then doing work in tech consulting on the side. But I don't know if that's a, a soon reality. So, it, you know, we'll, we'll see how the next couple of years go. But that is sort of like my my ultimate goal to get to. And I do think it's a really interesting time to be, like I said, around companies who are trying to reimagine what work looks like. And there's a big, you might see some of this on LinkedIn right now. There's a big sort of return to office wars, I would say happening. Mm -hmm. Like some companies are really leaning hard into work from anywhere from what's comfortable for you. And other companies are like, you have to come back to the office five days a week. And so I'm really interested to see how that shakes out for people. I'm really interested to see how the labor market turns around over the next, you know, six to eight months. We're in a definitely a, an employee, an employer's market right now. A year ago, we were an employee's market. And so candidates could, re, you know, have, have their pick. And, you know, who knows what the next six months are going to hold. It's been such a wild ride these last three years and just impossible to keep up with the change. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited about being in the area that I'm in, in tech right now, because I get to be a part of this. I think it's going to be a large scale transformation into how people work. And I'm really hoping, I don't know if this is going to happen at all, but I'm really hoping that there's a lot of push for things like a four day work week or relooking at the a number of hours that people work, you know, the 40 hour work week was never meant to stay 40 hours. It was just something that was decided, you know, almost a century ago with the intention to not have it stay that way forever. And it mm -hmm. stayed that way for the last hundred years. And so <laughs> um, I'm I'm curious to see if things like that start to shift as well. You know, one one can hope 40 hours is a, is a lot of life during a week, you know, for work. So anyways, that was a long answer, but essentially, I don't know exactly what's next, but I, I'm in some directions that I feel really good about. Hey, and honestly, that's good. That's good to hear because I feel like even if you just have a direction, you're ahead of the game. So sounds like you got big things coming in the future. And kind of like you said, we are a little bit at an interesting point in human history right now. So it'll be really interesting to see how things turn out in the next six months. Yeah. And and I, you know, to your point too, it's like you can... To, to use a phrase, I don't know how, how appropriate it is for the podcast, but there's a phrase that's if you want to make God laugh, tell him your plans. And no, we have no idea what the world is going to do over the next three years. So you can make as many plans as you want, but you know, you have to kind of wear wear life like a loose garment is another phrase that I like. It's, you know, have a direction, have values, have things that are really important to you in your work so that you can go to work every day and not feel terrible about yourself and the work that you're doing like it you know that's hugely important to i think mental health and you know having having specific values having areas that you're interested in and moving in those directions that's been that's been the i think i think the thing that's helped me out the most over the last you know 15 years in in, in the workforce you know a lot of the technology that exists now didn't exist then and mm -hmm. some of the industries that exist now didn't exist 15 years ago and so you have no idea what's coming. Um, yeah. So I think if you can just be open to possibilities and not super rigid, you, you know, it, you'll have a really interesting career. I agree. Yeah. I think just being open to possibilities to steal your phrase. I think that's really just the best thing that you can do in the world right now. Yeah. So, Hey, I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to me today. Thank you so much for joining the pod. 
And hopefully we can have you back on soon because I'm very interested in seeing what you do next. <laughs> yeah, I'd love to be back on. And uh, yeah, thanks for, thanks for having me again. It's been yeah, great. of course. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Northeastern Next. Are you or do you know a Northeastern alum with a great story to tell? If so, email us at alumni at northeastern.edu to be featured on a future episode of the pod. I hope you enjoyed the episode and I'll see you the week after next.